We are going to go ahead and continue. We are doing the third and final installment of our series on holiness. And so we're going to go ahead and recap that. If you have, maybe you're visiting here with us today and uh, we want to catch you up to speed over some of the things that we have talked about. So here's been pretty much our theme scripture. First Peter chapter one, verses 13. The scripture reads, the apostle Peter says to the church, he says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And that has been our theme passage here for the month of October for midweeks here. And so we've been talking about what does it mean to be holy? And we set out to explore or to discuss several topics over this month here. And so here's what we've gone over. We said, okay, well, what is holiness? And to keep it simple, it's like green Skittles, right? Everybody remember the green Skittles. We just had the picture up. And so if you were to get a whole bunch of Skittles, but you put all the green ones to the side, they would now become holy. Why? Because they're set apart. They're different. And so what it means to be holy means to be set apart, to be different, to be righteous, to be of God. And so the easiest way for us disciples of Jesus to remember, how should our lifestyles be? Not in the sense of we have a holy huddle where all the Christians are in this little corner and we don't talk to anybody. No, of course not. But our interactions, our lifestyle needs to be set apart and it needs to be different. Can I get an amen? And so we talked about that and we said, okay, well, why is holiness so important? Why does God want us to be holy? Well, obviously, as our theme scripture read, it says because he's holy. And so if we're his children and he wants us to be like him, then we need to make sure we're living holy lives. And we also know that, again, it's out of respect and gratitude for Jesus's sacrifice. He didn't die so that we could be unholy. He died so that we could be holy. You know what I'm saying? And because we have been sanctified, because we have been justified in Christ, therefore, we should aim to live holy lifestyles. Again, it can either bring glory or it can bring shame how we live. Our lifestyles can either bring God glory or it can bring him shame. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Everybody has that uncle who everybody in the family is like, yeah, that's uncle so-and-so. You know what I mean? And so that's the uncle. Everybody, he's not the crown jewel of the family. And we need to make sure as disciples of Jesus, we're not that uncle. You get what I'm saying? We need to make sure that we're bringing glory and honor to God. But then last and not least, we know that the world, worldliness, anything outside of the realm and reign of God that is not of God, that is anti-Christ and his teachings, that is what we would call the world. Worldliness pollutes. And we looked at an example and we had a, a bottle of water and we said if we put dirt in it, that represented the, the, the world. And if we have that and the thing is, once we are once we are mixed in, once it gets muddled up, then the water is no longer pure and our souls are no longer pure the way Christ would have us. And so we need to make sure that we understand the importance of being Holy Again, to be set apart, to be of God, to be righteous. And then we talked about split up men and women, how to be holy in the areas in which we need to be holy. Or, or excuse me, next one was how to be holy. And we said, well, really, we can we can do this by asking the holy question. Is this holy? 
So as we go and as we, we, we live our lifestyles and we need to make sure that we're asking ourselves this question, not is this sin or does the Bible say yes or no to this, but asking ourselves, is this holy? Because, again, there's many things that the Bible doesn't address. It doesn't talk about playing video games for 24 hours in a day. And the teens are like, what? He doesn't say that, right? You know what I mean? So they're like, so I can play it. But we would say, okay, yes. But is this holy? Is there an addiction here? Okay. And again, we use the extreme example of smoking crack. Is crack in the Bible? No, it's not. So I guess I can smoke it, right? No, of course not. Right? Because you say, is this holy? And you know the biblical principles would therefore nullify that. And we know we don't have to ask the question, does the Bible say yay or nay to this? We need to simply ask the question, is this holy? And this will help guide our decisions and make us live lives that are set apart, different, righteous, and of God. And it will bring glory to him. And so, again, we talked about separately what does holiness look like? What areas? Well, really, every area of our life. There's not one area in which we should say, well, that doesn't need to be holy. When I'm at home, it doesn't need to be holy. When I watch TV, that doesn't need to be holy. That's when I have my relief or that's when I can do what I want. So I'll take that cross that I was carrying and I'll put it on the couch for the next hour. No, we need to make sure that every aspect of our lives is aiming to be holy. And today we're going to talk about, okay, well, how do we help the church be holy? How do we help you and me to be holy? Because it says God's holy people are supposed to be holy. And so we have a responsibility to God and to each other to make sure this remains the case. Are you with me? This isn't the leader's job. This isn't your small group leader's job. This isn't the big buff security guards that we have, their job to keep it holy. No, it's every single one of us. And so we're responsible to God for his holy people remaining holy. So we're going to explore this idea tonight. How do you and I help the church to remain holy? Brothers and sisters, are you with me? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for the call and the scriptures. Thank you for everyone here. God, I pray that we have some great discussion tonight. God, that you will guide us and lead us with your word, lead us with the, uh, uh, your spirit in our discussions to help us see our individual role in making sure that your people are holy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so that's what we're doing. So now that we're in groups here, here's what we're going to go ahead and do. How do we help the church be holy. So in our groups here, this is what I want us to do. Groups of four and five is to go ahead and discuss practical ways we can help each other be holy. OK, and uh, it's not on the screen, but I want you to also come up with at least whatever practical way you have come up with the verse. That is the principle that you are basing this off of. OK. All right. You guys get what I'm saying here? Because we want to make sure everything we're doing is biblically based. There's a principle that's found in scriptures that's guiding and leading our decision making and lifestyle. So let's go ahead. Let's have a great time of discussion. And then I'll call us back in in a few minutes. So go ahead and discuss there. How can we individually practically help each other to be holy? That was good stuff right there, right? And we could keep going. A number of things you can see were similar or can maybe be even, even grouped together there. And, and so really we see, hey, all of us know what we should be doing. All of us know what we could be doing, right? And we see it's a collective 
affair here to make sure that God's holy people remain holy. I wanted to share a couple things here, which I think kind of can, can summarize many of the things that have already been shared here. And I call it the ABCs, okay, of helping the church be holy here, okay? The ABCs of helping the church be holy here. Here we go, here we go. Is this thing working that I? There we go, there we go. Man, help me out there, bitch. Go, go ahead, go to the next one, brother. There we go, there we go. Yeah, go, go to hit, hit the uh, hit the arrow button. There we go. All right, now hit the arrow button again. All right, there we go. All right, ask for help, okay? Ask for help. Hit the button again, there for me, Ben. Hit, there we go. Ask for help. It says, be completely humble and gentle. In Ephesians four verse two, you know it, this really it, 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 this applies to every single one of us. Because every single one of us has an area of our lives in which we struggle with worldliness. There's not one of us who's immune to struggling with some form of worldliness. It could be in the form of media. It could be in relationships. It could be when it comes to our money, our mindset, uh, again, our media consumption, our apparel, whatever the case may be. Every one of us struggles in some area with being drawn in by the world. And so the biggest and first thing we need to all do is have a heart of humility in which we ask for help. We ask from the group. We ask from the church, our brothers and sisters. We're humble and honest. And we first have to be humble and honest with our very self. Sometimes we can deny it. Right? Well, I don't really struggle with that. Really? You really don't struggle with that? You know what I'm saying? And so we need to make sure that we're honest and that we don't deny the worldliness, but we address it. We seek help with issues. If some of us had or have an issue of drinking, we need to share that with people so they can help us. As the young men shared, there could be a group that can hold you accountable. As we shared several times, there could be a group that can encourage you, that can check in and daily connect with you. If it's our media, what we watch, how we dress, is it modest or whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. We need to make sure we're seeking help. People are aware so that they can help us because that's what we all just shared. It was us intentionally helping each other, not sitting back and just going, I hope it goes well for them, right? No, but of course, us being involved in each other's lives because you need help as well, don't you? You know, we need all need help there. Again, not, uh, we need to make sure that we're letting the group know of our struggles. Not admitting or not addressing will lead to disgrace and to our downfall. You know, when we're humble, is when we speak up and when we speak up and we bring things out to the light here. OK, B, bring it up. Bring it up. What do I mean by that? Go ahead and hit the next one there for me there. Bring it up. It says instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of, of him who is the head that is Christ. What do we mean by bringing it up? That means speaking up, right? It means speaking the truth in love. This is so crucial. Who in here has changed because somebody spoke the truth to him? Every single one of us, because you wouldn't have became a Christian. OK, all right. And so every single one of us has had change. And so we need to make sure, though, that we're humble to receive help, but then also that we're loving enough to bring things up. We, we all see worldliness and we need to make sure that we know this is God's people and a little bit of worldliness can can affect the whole group. And so we need to be aware. We need to bring this up. If the truth isn't spoken, what will happen? If we don't speak the truth to one another, what will happen? 
the church will fall apart, won't it? Because worldliness would just, it, it would just, it, it'll cause an erosion. We, we will die internally because why? Because truth wasn't spoken. What does it say? We won't grow up and mature, so we'll stay immature in our faith. And what were you like as an immature Christian? You were messing up all over the place, right, weren't you? You know what you were doing, right? And so if we had a whole church like that, boy, oh boy, Christ, how is he glorified? You see, you and I need to go ahead and make sure that we speak up. And the, and the key is in love. You know, it says Jesus says he was full of grace and truth. Many of us, we struggle with this. OK, if I speak up, then I'm being judgmental or I speak up, then I'm not being gracious. That's not true because Jesus was full of truth, but he was also full of grace. And some of us go, well, I just want to do the grace part, but I don't want to do the truth part. Well, then that means you just want them to blindly fall into a pit? Of course not. And we have to make sure that, again, the purpose isn't to correct for the sake of correcting, for the sake of me looking down. It's to build up the body of Christ. It's to see the whole body of Christ remain mature, can, can continue to grow, glorify God, and reach lost souls. But it won't happen if we remain silent. So we need to make sure that we speak truth, that we use scriptures. I can't remember what group it was, but it's important that we just don't start sharing. Well, here's what I think. But we get down to the scriptures. And this is why we said, hey, what scriptures prompted those things that you shared? Because if it, not, if it wasn't prompted by scripture, if it wasn't prompted by biblical principles, then it's an opinion. And opinions are cool, but they're like noses. Everybody has one. And we're in that the church isn't built on opinions, it's built on the word of Christ. So we need to make sure that we're speaking the truth in love. Now, some of us, we like to speak the truth, but there's no love. We want to tell you what's up, but we don't want there to be any love. There. Now, that's not godly. There's a, I, I, don't need, I don't need that in the church, you know what I'm saying? I can just go to work, I go to school, and I can hear a lot of truth that isn't helpful. So we need to make sure that the goal and the aim is love. And again, I believe as we help each other, because again, we are going to struggle. And, and let's be honest, we've all had those moments where we said, well, bro, sis, you're talking about this. That sounds like an opinion issue. Where in the world in the Bible does it say I can't do this? Again, this is why I think this needs to be a, become the popular, a popular phrase in our congregation. Is this holy? Again, saying, bro or sis, hey, you know, I'm seeing this. Here's this scripture. I want to ask you, is this holy? And we can leave it at that and allow thou, now the spirit and the scriptures to now minister to the soul here. And again, this will expose our hearts if we respond negatively to this question. Well, well what do you mean? Well, well, let's get on you. Well, that's what you call a, a whataboutism. What about is it means when somebody says something to you, you say, well, what about them or what about you? Completely dismissing what was said to you. And we've all done that, haven't we? My wife did that to me the other day. No, no, she didn't do it. She said something to me. And I'm like, well, what about you? Completely disregarding and neglecting and rejecting the truth that was being shared with me. So who benefits from that? No one. And so, again, this question, and I love it because, man, it's been inspiring and convicting to me for this whole month as I continue to go throughout my day and certain things. I go, is this holy, Marcel? And it's been refining me. And you know what? I feel a lot more free, happier, and pure. 
just by this question because it's helping guide me in my decision making. The music that I listen to, the, the choices that I make when I'm watching TV. Brothers and sisters, we need to ask ourselves and ask each other, hey, is this holy? Ain't too many amens on that one. Brothers and sisters, this needs to become a popular phrase. This needs to be something that like, man, what's up with that church? Why are they saying this? Why? Because we care about God's holy church and we want it to remain pure. Does that mean we'll never have sin? No, that means we deal with sin. That's what happens in the church. We need to make sure. OK, and see here. All right. Is we need to go ahead and consider others. You know, in Philippians 2, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In Philippians 2, it says to be considerate of others. This means we're protecting each other from worldliness. We're protecting the church, brothers and sisters, individuals from allowing sin to pollute. And that means we have to be considerate. Hey, you know what? I need to think about how I can protect my brothers and sisters. And so it's not just, well, I'm fine with this. It's, but is this helpful? Is this protective of my brothers and sisters? Do you guys get what I'm saying? Because, look, you might indulge in something. You might engage in something that we go, you know what? Uh, I, 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 I don't think that there's necessarily a problem for you to do it. But it makes other people struggle. And if they're in your vicinity, now are you protecting them? You know, the Bible addresses this several times in the scriptures because this was an issue in the church. First Corinthians chapter eight and Romans 14 there was this issue because you had Jews and Gentiles. And so obviously they had huge difference uh, background growing up there. And so the, the, uh, there was this big issue about food and what type of food they ate. And there was, some, there was these rituals, these pagan rituals in which they would have these meals and they would sacrifice. So they'd be a part of a sacrifice to this pagan God. And so that became a struggle in the church because some people felt like, well, we should never eat that food because it might have been sacrificed in one of these feasts. And some people are thinking, well, there's not a problem. I'm not worshiping this God. I just like that, that meat sandwich. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem with it. Or, you know what? That's fun. I'm eating leftovers. It doesn't really matter to me. And you say, okay, well, which one is right? Which one is wrong? You know, we can argue that. But the point is, and this is what the scripture says here, because Paul addresses this. He says in Romans 14, he says, look, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Later on, he says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. He says the heart and conviction that we need to have is to protect each other. We never want to have a brother or sister struggle when they're around disciples of Jesus. And so even practically, sisters need to have the mindset of, hey, you know what? This might be fashionable in the world, but it's possible, maybe even likely, that my attire could cause a lot of people to struggle. And I feel for the sisters because I know it's tough to 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 want to be trendy. But yet the, the, the styles that, that that women are wearing aren't holy, are they? And so if we bring that in their church, you're going to cause many brothers to struggle. And they're trying. This is supposed to be a safe place. So if they come in and they can't look to the right or left because of their sisters or are wearing inappropriate things or things that are questionable, are we protecting each other? 
You see, this isn't an issue of guys being uptight or, well, they just need to go ahead and, and be pure. Okay. So what about your struggle then? Can I just tell you, go ahead and have, uh, 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 you know, you, you know don't, don't eat when you're sad. Well, yeah, that's easier said than done, but that's my struggle. Do you guys get what I'm saying? And so if somebody struggles with alcohol, we shouldn't invite them on over to the bar. Somebody has a serious drinking problem. Hey, man, can you go meet me at the bar and we're going to have a couple? Well, are you protecting them? Man, if you were fasting and I said, hey, come on over, and I knew you were fasting, and then guess what? When you came in, I said, oh, man, we got your favorite spread laid out. Oh, I knew you were fasting. Can, can we still talk though while I get seconds? Is that love? Look, somebody said, no, I appreciate that. No, that ain't love, right? Is that protecting each other? No, in fact, that's being inconsiderate, isn't it? In fact, you can say, that's just rude. That's just flat out wrong, Marcel. I didn't do that, okay, all right? Just using it as an example, okay? I don't want anybody trying to get on me, okay? But here's the main point here. We have to protect each other. I saw something so cool two weekends ago. I was at the Hope Conference, and I was there with a couple of brothers, and we were, uh, we were at CPK, and um, I, I told him I was going to share this. I was, I, was so, I was so in awe of it. But his name is Eric York. He's a brother in the, uh, in the south, uh, Orange County. And we're sitting there eating, and right where we're, no, we're, we're ordering, and uh, he asked the guys, he says, guys, is it okay if I, if I have a, a glass of wine with my meal? And three of us were like, yeah, that, that's fine. And so he, he orders his wine, and we eat. And the next morning I said, hey, Eric, you know, I'm so intrigued. Why did you, why did you ask that? Because I'd never had that happen before. Somebody said, hey, can I... Can I personally have a glass of wine with my dinner? I mean, it's your dinner. You're going to pay for it, right? You, you don't need to ask me. Now, maybe if I was paying, then I'd be like, yeah, I appreciate you asking, you know. But he says, I, he goes, well, I know some people struggle with alcohol. And so I wanted to make sure that it was okay with everybody there. And I said, okay. And he goes, if, if one of you guys would have said, I, I'd prefer you not to, I wouldn't have ordered it. I said, man, that's awesome. I said, here is a man who's being considerate of others. He has every right. There's no scripture that says he couldn't have had that glass of wine. But what was he, had, what was he thinking? What was in his heart? What was his conviction? I need to protect my brothers and sisters. So yes, he has the right to eat that meat, but he chose not to eat that meat in front of them for their faith and their conscience and their convictions. You see, we need to be considerate of each other. This is how we can make sure that again we're protecting each other and we're not causing each other to have a stumbling block that we can make sure we're unified and that we are mature and growing. And so again let's be mindful, let's ask. Again it was we seeing commercials that maybe aren't too much of a risk for us but I appreciate the brothers and sisters who fast forward through things. I appreciate the brothers and sisters who, who ask and are considerate when it comes to what movies they're going to go and watch here. Again, we want to make sure we have peace, joy, love, and safety in the congregation. Amen? And so we talked about, let's go to the next one here. Can you get, oh, okay, there you go. We talked about what is holiness. We talked about why it's important. Again, God is holy. Again, we got to make sure that we're not polluted by the world, that we respect and gratitude, and we have gratitude for Jesus' sacrifice, and we bring glory and, shame, and we bring glory to God. How do we be holy? Again, asking the question, is this holy? Areas, our whole lives, and how do we help each other? Well, I believe it's the ABCs and all the practical things 
that you mentioned. And we can keep going with the things that were mentioned here. And let's close out here again in the verse that, that has us all here. Oh, let's go back to open up your Bibles of 1 Peter chapter 1. Church, are you still with me here? 1 Peter chapter 1. This is where we started. Here's where we're going to end. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Give me an amen when you get there. Amen. All right. First Peter chapter one, verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Holy brothers and sisters, I pray that we just didn't have a month of study, but this, this will be a conviction, a culture, the fabric of the congregation of the North OC Church of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time in the scriptures. Thank you so much for the last several weeks to dig into the scriptures, to be reminded. God, I know nothing that we talked about was brand spanking new. It was just reminders of the conviction that you have, the conviction that we must obtain and, and, and sustain. God, to be holy for you. And God, I'm so grateful that Christ was holy. I'm so grateful that he died so that we could be holy. I'm so grateful that because we are holy, God, that we want to honor the life, death, and resurrection direction of your son Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we have, again, this fabric. We have these conversations. We are humble to listening. We are humble to with ourselves. We're humble with the scriptures in admitting the struggles that we have and seeking the help that we need, God. And I pray that, that we are sharing. We are encouraging. We're holding each other accountable, not because we think we're better, but because we know we need each other. And God, I pray we speak truth. And God, I pray that we have the heart and conviction. I love the model set by Eric York here. God, I pray that we can imitate that, God, that we can be considerate of others, whether we have functions at our house, whether we go out to eat, whatever we may do, God, we may be considerate of you first and foremost and considerate of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We love you. We love the congregation. We thank you for every brother and sister here. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great evening.